Keeping up with friends and family, it's the Hey Day Podcast with Haley and David. Hi y'all, this is the Hey Day Podcast, episode 6. I'm Haley. And I'm David. And we are Korean American siblings just out of college, and this podcast is our way of keeping in touch with you, our friends and family all around the world. Today, we're going to be talking about American Thanksgiving. That's right. This year, Thanksgiving is on November 26th, and the release of this episode should be just before that. So we thought we'd talk about Thanksgiving in Korea and the U.S., as well as some things that we're thankful for. That's right. So we're going to have three rounds. Round one is all about our American Thanksgiving experience. Round two will be about Chuseok, or Korean Thanksgiving. So you'll be actually asking me those questions. And then round three will wrap up with some things we're thankful for this year and generally just kind of reflect on uh, what we have to be grateful for. So are you ready? I am ready. Let's do it. Alrighty, round one, American Thanksgiving. So this or that round, rapid mm-hmm. fire, let's go. So number one, turkey or ham? Ham. Number two, best side dish? Uh, the, the stuffing. Is that what it's called? Stuffing? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, three. no, like the, the breadcrumbs, you know? Yes. Number okay. three, cranberry sauce. Thanksgiving necessity or abomination? I don't have anything against it, um, but rapid I don't fire, eat- man, Rapid fire, Oh, I don't eat it. Okay. Four, favorite Thanksgiving story? My favorite Thanksgiving memory would have to be our cousin uh, bringing over his GameCube and then playing Smash on it with him. I remember, like, I remember that. Okay, good. And then last and final question, Black Friday or Cyber Monday? Cyber Monday. Cyber Monday. Okay, so let's go through some of the questions that you talked about. We as a family collectively agree that ham is better. I would like to ask you if you think ham is still better than deep fried turkey, which is something that we eat in the South and that we've had for Thanksgiving multiple times. Hands down, ham is better than turkey. It doesn't matter how the turkey is prepared. Pretty much anytime you get poultry, ham is going to be better. It just retains moisture, right? It's not as dry. I remember as a kid, though, you really liked mac and cheese. There was there's a do. brand. Yes, there's a brand of frozen mac and cheese that our extended family loves. And so every single year, they buy two of these frozen, like frozen pre-made mac and cheeses, pop it in the oven. And that is like a smash hit every year. Okay, well, I don't know if it's necessarily, wow, this is the greatest mac and cheese ever. I think it's the level of convenience because, you know, our, our extended family is they're not like it's not like master chef in there. It's it's kind of I think like everybody kind of cooks to some extent. No, yeah, you don't think so? I I to some extent, but not everybody is going around saying like, "Here is my artisan mac and cheese. I have uh, breadcrumbs and imported cheddar." It's not like that, right? It's just oh, this this mac and cheese tastes fine. Alrighty, our final question is Black Friday or Cyber Monday. So I said Cyber Monday because when you're doing Black Friday, you have to go fight people for things. People are so aggressive about it. But I think I think there's a lot of people like that who are kind of just non-confrontational and they don't like the social, um, the face-to-face interaction, like, you know? I get that. I would also say Cyber Monday. Um, for our Korean listeners, very briefly, uh, Black Friday, I think, is very familiar in Korea when I was in... Uh, Korea teaching. My students knew what Black Friday was, but they didn't know what Cyber Monday was. So briefly, Black Friday is the day after Thanksgiving 
and many retailers generally have very large sales. And so it's kind of the day that you go shopping, you get really good deals, you start buying Christmas presents because the day after Thanksgiving, as we all know, officially starts the Christmas season or the general holiday, um, I don't know, whatever you call it, that period of time. And then Cyber Monday is the Monday after Thanksgiving, and that's the day that online retailers tend to have a lot of good deals. And so you can participate in either one. And generally, most retailers have some kind of um, promotion throughout that Friday to Monday period. Yes. yes. And sometimes Cyber Monday will even extend multiple days after it. Um, retailers will kind of do that. But for the most part, uh, retailers will do both Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Correct. I personally love Cyber Monday. I really enjoy buying presents for people. I think it's one of the things that I get a lot of joy from. Some people might call that like, isn't that like a love language? Like giving giving gifts? Isn't that like a love language? Yeah, gift giving. Yeah. I think that's my like love language. Is that I love giving gifts um, and thinking about someone and picking out the perfect for- gift for them is really meaningful. I like giving gifts. I think that's why uh, there's an aspect of Korean culture that's very heavy in gift giving. And I think that's why I like it kind of matches my personality there. But I love Cyber Monday. I like buying gifts. Sometimes I'll buy gifts and I won't even know who it's for yet. And I'll just hold on to it. And then eventually I'm like, oh, I have this gift in my gift box. And uh, this would be perfect for this person. So I always have those kinds of things on hand. I buy them mm. on Cyber Monday. I love that it ships to my house. And I don't have to go anywhere. I can use <laughs> my pajamas. Yeah. And um, I, I love Cyber Monday. Alrighty, moving on to round two. So round two is about Korean Thanksgiving, also known as Chuseok. And so because we as a family have not ever celebrated Chuseok together, David, you're going to ask me some questions about Chuseok because I have celebrated it once in Korea. So based on my very limited N of one, uh, we're going to talk about this. Awesome. So let's get started. Starting round two off, Chuseok. Growing up, what was Chuseok like? What is Chuseok? And I I, I guess you can't really explain the growing up portion, but what is Chuseok? Okay, so growing up, we didn't celebrate Chuseok for some reason. I don't know. We celebrate um, one of the other major Korean holidays, Seollal, but we don't celebrate Chuseok for some reason. Chuseok is Korean Thanksgiving, and it's not in November like American Thanksgiving. It's actually in October, so Koreans celebrated it last month, and it is a big, big holiday uh, where families get together. You generally travel to your hometown, and there are different traditions, different foods, different things you prepare. Um, but one of the big things about Chuseok is traditionally it was a a ceremony to honor the ancestors. And so I believe it's called Tadie. Don't quote me on that. Um, <laughs> but it is basically a time to get together and spend time with family. Um, back in the day, women would generally cook for days, literally days and days and days. But today, because Chuseok is a no school, no work holiday, sometimes families are like, we don't want to go through the work of cooking and preparing and getting together family, extended family. So they just go on vacation. Uh, I know <laughs> that there are several people that I knew were just like, yeah, we don't do the whole Chuseok thing. We just go to Jejudo and we get a hotel and we, we party. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that sounds honestly great. So that's Chuseok. Chuseok is basically uh, an, an old Korean tradition, a very traditional holiday. It's very meaningful to Korean people. Um, and is has a big focus on family and ancestry. Moving on to question two, what do you eat on Chuseok? For background, on Chuseok, I was with my host family, and my host family are wonderful, wonderful people. 
Uh, it was me, my host mom, my host dad, and my host brother. And they went, uh, we all went together to my host dad's parents' house for Chuseok. And my host dad's parents live in a very, very small, remote, I don't want to call it remote, but it's a very small village. And there's like a cluster of houses and it's in the middle of all these rice fields. So you just look out and it's just rice fields, chestnut trees, garden, garden, garden. You can't really see anything. There is limited internet. There's no Wi-Fi. It's like, it's out there. And so I got a very traditional Chuseok experience, which I'm very grateful for. Um, not going to lie, it was a bit stressful because my Korean was very bad at the time. This was back in October. So I'd only been learning Korean for maybe like three months. And um, it was not good. I did not understand a word that they were saying. Plus, <laughs> the area that they were in has a very strong accent. So the whole time I was just like blank faced, not understanding what's happening. Um, we arrived, I believe, on a Friday we arrived the day before the holiday, basically, and we cooked. So they cook a lot of different foods. Um, songpyeon is probably one of the most important ones. Songpyeon is a kind of thok, a type of rice cake, and it's chewy. It's kind of like, uh, imagine a circular dumpling, but on the inside, they put like nuts and pot and red bean and, and things like that on the inside, and then they steam it. And they steam it with pine needles. And so it's supposed to have some kind of healthy, prosperity uh, trait to it, I guess. Um, I'm sorry to all the Koreans listening to this. I was told all this multiple times and it just never really sunk in. Well, um, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but we ate that and then you prepare a lot of different foods for the table. The table setting for the ancestors. And so you cut fruit. Um, there's usually like grilled fish, there's different um, vegetables that you have to prepare and and different sometimes seafood depending on where you are. There's also a very, very specific way that you set up the table. Uh, and then after everybody sets the table up, the the men of the house do like the traditional bowing ceremony and then everybody eats and you just eat everything. They make so much food. There's like meat and seafood and different kinds of ton, which is like um, vegetables dipped in batter, fried. And so you just eat and eat and eat for days. And it was, it was great. Awesome. So moving on to question three, what did you do for Chuseok? I think I covered part of it in my previous answer, but I do want to talk a little bit about how grateful I am for my host family in providing me with this experience. They were really, really generous in taking me uh, to see their to see their extended family, and I was able to have a very authentic experience. They are very traditional. Their extended family is quite traditional, so they actually perform the chariot ceremony at multiple houses in that village, and it's all their relatives. And it felt like you were watching something that time hasn't touched yet. I think in America, especially with our family. Uh, we're very kind of like chill about Thanksgiving. You know, we get together, we kind of have some food. There's not really a tradition so much as it is just like, let's hang out. It's a day that we all have off, let's hang out. But when I was doing Chuseok with my host family, it definitely felt like I was touching a part of something that not many people in Korea experience because I've even told my 
uh, Korean friends and stuff what I did and watching them do the ceremony and watching them go to the tomb and clean their ancestors graves and put out um, alcohol and flowers and stuff like that and walking through it and watching them do ceremonies and generally like observe very traditional Korean things and dress up in traditional Korean dress um, many of my Korean friends have said they've never experienced anything like that and so I feel very lucky to be able to have seen that um, actually my host brother who's a couple years older than me uh, he explained to me the bowing ceremony that the men do once the table is set. Uh, all the men gather in one room of the house and do a bowing ceremony. And so traditionally, women aren't allowed in the room. But my host, uh, my host brother, talked to like the head patriot, the head grandfather, head grandfather, I guess would be like the proper proper term in English, uh, and was like, "Hey, she's never she meaning me has never seen the ceremony before." Would it be okay if she watched? And so they very graciously allowed me to watch the ceremony. And it's it's very odd to see some half these half these men in this room wearing traditional Korean dress, half these men wearing regular Western clothes like jeans and t-shirts and you know polos and stuff, and then watching them perform the ceremony that's been performed for thousands and if hundreds, if not thousands of years in Korea. Awesome. I think you kind of touched upon some of the different activities and traditions uh, that you performed. And I want you to kind of answer the, the next question. What are some traditions or activities that you do at Chuseok? Right. Um, you talked about eating the food, talked about the ceremony. Uh, it's kind of similar to here in America where you're gathering with family members. Um, but there is a different perspective. So for question four, what are some traditions or activities? There's lots of cooking, lots of food. Um, the women almost exclusively do all the cooking. And that goes back to, you know, Korean history, Korean past. And so I got to help a little bit with the cooking. I wasn't very good. I wasn't very helpful, I think, um, because I just had no idea what was going on. But there's a lot of cooking. Children generally play games. Uh, and so there's lots of different games that you traditionally play at Chuseok. I didn't really get to do that because I'm not six years old but i'm told that that's really common among children um one thing that i did get to do with my host family's family is play yutnori and so yutnori i don't think it's traditionally played at chuseok i think it's actually a sort game but we played it and it's basically these four sticks and each stick has different markings on it and then there's like a game board so you basically use the sticks kind of how we would use dice you throw them up in the air and then however they land tells you how many spaces you move and then there's like a game board and the first person to get or the first team to get all their pieces around the game board wins and there's a little bit of strategy but not really because it's just basically how well you roll the dice or the or the, the wood sticks and so uh we played with my host family and it kind of divided up into um my my host family and then each uncle and aunt had their own team with their own family mm. so it was really fun um the older the older generation right above mine they would bet money on the games <laughs> and so they would they would play and it was a lot of banter and it was just it was just a good time even though i didn't understand what they were saying it was a good time where they were just uh, laughing together laughing at each other's misfortune making fun of each other whenever you know they rolled wrong um i actually rolled the highest roll that you can possibly get four times in a row. So I was known as Kumson, which means gold hand. Um, because I was I was on a roll, man. I was I don't know what happened. I won a round, like the fastest round that you've ever seen. Um 
So, but at the end, uh, it was all fun and games. And in the end, all the money that was bet by the parents uh, was mm. actually given to the children. So it was really nice. Oh, uh-huh. So we've actually seen our family play that game um, on, on Lunar New Year. You know, that's what they celebrate. Uh, and they also bet money on it, right? Um, so just kind of talking about the family dynamic, is Chuseok more about the ceremony or is it more so about kind of communal getting together with your family members kind of like the way we perceive it here in america thanksgiving i'm getting together with my family members to kind of reunite have the day off it's a national holiday just kind of kind of along those lines it's i think both depending on who you talk to i think more modern and younger koreans might consider it to be more of a let's hang out let's get together um, especially if you are of um, certain religious groups, you would probably not celebrate the ancestor aspect because the ancestor aspect of Chuseok heavily depends on traditional Korean beliefs um, that praying to the ancestors and, and serving things to the ancestors is uh, going to bring you good prosperity and good fortune for the next mm-hmm. year. So there are definitely some religious groups in Korea that do not celebrate that aspect of Chuseok simply because it doesn't really align with their religious beliefs. Um, I think some people treat it like a vacation. Like I said earlier, some people are like, you know what? We don't want to deal with this. We don't want to go. We don't want to travel. We don't want to do whatever. We're just going to go on vacation. We're going to go to a hotel and hang out. Uh, so I think Chuseok is of varying significance for Koreans, depending on where they're from um, and what and what their family does. So I really, I really think that it depends on the family and what they uh, want to do with that holiday. Alrighty, moving on to round three. So the round three is kind of things that you're thankful for. Um, if you want to comment on things like related to Korea, feel free to do so. But this is also open to anything from this uh, past year or your life. Okay, mm-hmm. so round one. What electronic device are you most grateful for and what does it add to your life? I would have to say my laptop. You know, the majority of our schoolwork is online. It's digital. Um, So I did countless projects, countless papers, reports, lots of charts for statistics. And not just for school, but also for my music. Because I do pretty much all of my, my music on my laptop. So definitely my laptop. I would have to agree. It would be between my laptop and my phone. It's a hard, mm-hmm. that's a hard thing because a lot of their functions do overlap, um, I, th- I think. I would ultimately have to go with my phone though because it's very portable. I do not think I will ever lose my phone in my life unless it's stolen, like stolen from me uh, because I just always have it on me. I'm always like, you know, patting my pockets, making sure that I have it with me when I leave mm-hmm. the house. Um, it's, it's something that I become really dependent on and I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, dependent in the sense of, I keep reminders on there, my calendars on there, my schedules are on there. My works, my work is a lot of the time on my phone. Mm-hmm. And so in that way, I've automated a lot of processes in my life that I would not be able to otherwise automate, you know, like being able to have, um, all that computing power in such a small package and so easily and readily available is really a blessing. And so it really adds a lot of simplicity to my life. I think being able to just go on, on autopilot and um, have work done for me is is really great. Question two, what are you most thankful for this past year? 
I think we talked about this in a previous podcast, but both you and I discussed being able to come home, uh, even if it's not under the circumstances that we would necessarily deem good circumstances. Uh, I'm, I'm really grateful to be here and have the opportunity to do projects like this with you, uh, spend time with mom and dad still. <laughs> um, we work out most days, right? Uh, and I get free food. Yeah, I agree. I think that it's been really great to work on projects with you too. And so I was like, oh, when you said that, I was like, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> no, uh, I think you said exactly what I wanted to say. I think you're right. Having the time is great. I will say one thing besides what we talked about, we've talked about previously on the podcast. I think the thing that I'm really grateful for is having a kitchen. So I really enjoy cooking. It's something that I like doing. Um, and I've been doing a lot of it. I think I've cooked almost every single day for the past few weeks. And then I cook like every other day for like the past several months. Um, and so cooking a lot has been really great. I've been able to experiment with a lot of different recipes and my family for the most part enjoys what I cook. So that's nice too. (laughs) So that was what you were most thankful for this past year. Let's move on to number three. What gift have you been most thankful for and why? I think out of every single gift that I've ever received, it would definitely have to be my first guitar. So I started taking guitar lessons in, I think, like 2008 or something like that. And I was really young and I hated lessons. And so I I think I did guitar lessons for a summer. It was less than a year. And then I never touched the guitar again until... Um, until I got to high school, my freshman year, I picked up the guitar and then I think I played for three months and mom said, if you can play consistently for three months and you can show me that you're committed to this, I'll buy you an electric guitar. And then mom and dad for my birthday got me like a starter electric guitar and I just play guitar pretty much every single day since. I think I've been grateful for a lot of different gifts. I think that you can like use the word gift in a lot of different ways, like a physical gift, a time gift, a skill gift, you know, an innate gift. I think for me, I'm really grateful for like the gifts people of having patient people in my life. I think oh, that's something that I don't, I don't do well with. Like I don't have patience and I don't have humility. You know, this about me. This is, It's not my strong suit. Yeah. Um, and so I really appreciate having patient people in my life that, put up with me and deal with it and try to get me to be better. And then, you know, are patient when I am slow to improve. (laughs) Alrighty. So the next question is question four. What teacher are you most thankful for and why? It can be a school teacher. It can be, you know, outside of a formal setting, whatever. Mm -hmm. I think, I think I have multiple answers for this. Um, But I have one that's very clear in my mind uh, in high school, I had a teacher, and he was in charge of a lot of the AP classes, so AP Euro, AP um, US History, World History, Gov. Um, he did micro and macro, right? Um, and he and his wife were both AP teachers at the school, uh, and they were kind of revered as the coolest teachers at my high school, right? Um but it wasn't just that they were chill and super cool, um, but they brought a lot of energy. And not only did they expect a lot from us, they expected a lot from themselves. And you could really see the energy they put forward 
for their students. Um, they really poured themselves out. And I think particularly uh, the professor that I had for AP US history um, and all the history classes is he introduced a different perspective than <laughs> what we would have received where we live and grew up, right? Because it's a very rural area, um, conservative in pretty much every single way. Um, and it, you're not going to hear a, a teacher talking about race relations or um, systematic racism or the way that stress affects human beings and how that can be a way that, you know, kind of divides along socioeconomic lines. Um, and he was really able to introduce that to us in, in very practical ways. Uh, and I know that not every student is going to take that away and kind of have that influence the way they think. And I know at the time it didn't... Um, kind of impact me the way that I understand it does now but that's something that I'm really thankful for um and then for kind of like non-academic teachers uh, I had a lot of mentors um who were musical mentors right they they taught me a lot about being a musician and specifically musicality um because being a musician you know in a, in a I think in a more traditional sense is a lot about playing well with others and teamwork um, and, and having confidence in yourself, uh, that's something that was taught to me, I think, um, because before I played guitar, I really, I really wasn't <laughs> the most outgoing and you, you and I were, are not really, um, the most outgoing people, right? Uh, so for us to kind of, I think, be where we are, it took a lot of work, um, but yeah, I just learned a lot, and they taught me so much more than, oh, this is a G chord, this is a C chord, here's how you play this, uh, here's how you play a bard chord. It's more than that, it's it's life skills. Uh, and I definitely don't think I would be where I am now without the experience of playing guitar for this many years. I would tend to agree. I think uh, when we were younger, I think a lot of people would have said that I was more outgoing than you. And I think mm -hmm. the roles are most definitely reversed now. I think I was always an introvert that was forced into an extrovert role. Mm -hmm. Whereas you were, you know, maybe just didn't have those skills yet to express your extrovertism. But like, would you consider yourself an extrovert? Because I sometimes consider you an extrovert. My Myers-Briggs says so. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because you're really social. You like enjoy spending time with people mm -hmm. uh, and it's it, it's a vibe for you. It's definitely a mixed bag because if I'm in a social situation, I usually tend to enjoy myself. Um, but once I get home, like that's me time, right? I need to sleep. I need to take time to myself. Please don't talk to me, right? I get upset. And so when you ask me, hey, can you do the dishes? That's not <laughs> most of the time I'm in like, it's me time mode. And hey, I can don't you do dishes. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> not right now. Um, cause there are, there are definitely moments when, even though we are stuck at home all the time, it's like when we're working out as a family, you know, um, it'll feel pretty sociable, uh, if we're watching TV together, stuff like that. Um, but for the most part, I'm pretty extroverted. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think you like gain energy from that. I think it's, it doesn't, it comes down to like where you gain energy from. If you gain mm -hmm. energy from social interaction versus if it drains you. 
it drains me like fast. Um, I cannot be around people for too long or else I, I can't, I can't, mm-hmm. it just well, doesn't work. What about for you? Like if you're around the right people, are you able to keep up that energy? Cause that's the way it is for me. If, if I'm around the wrong people, then I just wear, I burn out so fast. But if I'm around like close friends, people who I feel really comfortable with, or we get along very well, we can, we can go for a while. I'll still run out of energy, but what about you? Um, I think that list of people that I don't run out of energy super fast with is like count count on one hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and it's funny because like all my jobs and all the things that I do for the most part are very social. Like I run a language exchange group, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I was a teacher in Korea, so I had hundreds of students. I was around people all day constantly. And I think that's what most people do. But I think there's a very clear divide where like when I'm working, I'm in work mode. That's not socialization to me because in my head, I'm like, I'm working. Everything that I do and say right now is a job. And so mm-hmm. uh, it's it's kind of like I turn my socialization on and off, and but it needs to be off for a certain amount of time every day mm-hmm. um, or else I burn out. So where do we get on this? What teacher are you thankful for and yeah, why? The what teacher, yeah, the teacher, yeah. <laughs> um, I think like you, I have a lot of teachers like in school and out of school. Like you said, you had a teacher that helped expand, you know, your worldview. And I think that teacher for me was in high school. Uh, so Miss F was like my Spanish teacher and she really supported some of my projects that I did because I ran a lot of projects in high school and uh, was very supportive and generally encouraged me to explore and to seek things outside of my comfort zone. And so uh, I'm really grateful Grateful for grateful for them, and then also grateful for some people in college that really helped me. Um, uh, I'll I'll call I'll call her Nikki because I call her by her first name. But um, in college, I had a professor uh, that I'll call Nikki, and 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 she was very um, helpful, and also very she was really helpful and supportive, and very formative in helping me find the career path that I'm on now. Interestingly enough. Uh, even though she was very much in science and very much in academia, uh, her general attitude towards life really rubbed off on me and, and helped me get to where I am now. Moving on to question five, our final question for this round. What are you most thankful for in this moment, like right now? Probably the AC, because it gets quite warm. Um, and along the same lines, the water that we're drinking uh, is very good for keeping our throats healthy, right? Right. I think I'm really thankful. So I bit my lip for some reason when I was eating. And so I thought I was going to develop into a canker sore. And I was really scared because I'm like, oh, no, we're going to have to record this podcast and I'm going to be in pain the whole time. And it's going to be like me biting my lip over and over and over. (laughs) So I'm so thankful that it didn't develop into a canker sore Mm -hmm. because that would have been so miserable talking for like an hour. I don't know if people know this, but we do have to edit these podcasts. Um, And generally we edit a good chunk but so we talk much longer than we actually than the final mm. product that we put out and so Usually, talking for that long with the, with the canker sore would have been so bad so i'm really thankful really thankful that i don't have it yeah 100 percent. usually we'll cut out around a third to kind of give people an idea sometimes it'll be less than that sometimes it'll be more uh, but i would say on average we cut out a third of the content that we have initially recorded um so you, so you don't hear everything Right. Moving on to the fun fact segment. 
The first Thanksgiving was a three-day affair in 1621, but was not an official national holiday until Abraham Lincoln declared it a national holiday in 1863. This is from goodhousekeeping and worldstrides.com. Wow, yeah, I feel like that's one of those questions that will be on like a citizenship test, right? Mm. Because the average American would not be able to pass one of those. That's very true. I don't think I would be able to pass one of those, which is really sad because like I, okay, so unlike you, I'm really bad at history. That was like my lowest, always my lowest grade. And um, my history teacher in high school was actually our dad's history teacher in high school also. So he's been teaching forever. So he knew my, he knew our dad in high school and like how good he oh, was at history. Right. And then so I got roasted every single time because he was like, man, your dad would have known this. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know this. But anyway, uh, Thanksgiving is now a national holiday that is used um it is used as a day to like rest, to hang out, to meet up with family, to celebrate traditions, and it's uh, widely variable. It's 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 widely variable in America, just as it is, I think, in in Korea as well. Chuseok. Alrighty, this has been the Hey Day podcast. Thank you for joining us for the sixth episode. We will be dropping these weekly, so we will see you next week. Annyeong. Annyeong. This podcast and the views and opinions expressed within are the sole views and opinions of the creators and are not associated or affiliated with the Fulbright Program or the U.S. Department of State.